Hi, I'm Mal Majoros. I am a three-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top ten breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. Talking to a good friend of mine today, Angela Hamilton. We'll be talking about, uh, well, all things exercise, I guess, and a new DVD that's uh, close to her heart and as well as mine. So how are you today, Angela? I'm great. I'm enjoying the sun and mm. trying to get out for a walk later in the afternoon. So nice. doing great. So you uh, tell us, remind us a little bit about yourself, because I think the last time we had you on was uh, sometime last year, just a little brief synopsis. Yes. Um, well, I'm the founder of the Inner Tough Girls, and um, which is an organization that supports women of all different types of cancers mm-hmm. in um, post-cancer rehab, and not only the exercise portion, but just general support. And so, you know, as we move through and get better at treating the disease, we find a lot of survivorship issues as oh, far yes. as <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> chronic fatigue and depression, and and. So this is basically a way for us to move through that together and to support each other in that and share tips on nutrition and exercise, of course, is, is my background. I'm a, a certified Pilates instructor, and those are the things that really helped me get through not only the treatments but post-surgery and, and even to this day. So I felt really grateful that I was knew the tools to, to use to rehab myself and to really... Um, get back to feeling my body again Mm -hmm. and so that's you know the basis of it is to share that information with other people the biggest thing is just to keep moving and to keep active and you know exercise we have this preconditioned uh idea of what exercise should be and sometimes it's just a matter of getting up and dancing in your chair or having fun (laughs) which we can all do um you know you know what's funny is you are the second survivor who has said that if you can't go out and exercise, you should just turn on, you know, crank up the jam box to your tunes. And yeah. and if you, I mean, I'm sure you know who Chris Carr is. That was one of her uh, recommendations when I was at the uh, OMG Summit a couple months ago. Yes, um, that's the biggest thing for people is just to get up and, and well, I love dancing. I've got my, I have a dance background, oh, but okay. of course that's important for me, but just, and especially laughing too, you know, mm-hmm. while you're doing it, because of course you're going to giggle a few <laughs> while you're dancing and having fun, but get moving. I'm, it, we just stay stationary and it's really a condition of our lifestyles right now. I mean, we spend so much time in front of, you know, computers and daily work activities and things like that in an office that just the, the idea of getting up and moving around feels so much better. Right. Um, so it, it's really played an important part for me it's just in feeling better. And the motivation didn't become so much, well, I want to get in shape for, you know, summer or mm-hmm. bikini body or whatever. It was really in the matter of I want to feel better. And if I, if I can get up and walk around the block, then I feel better. So that's well, how, what it boiled down to. How did you get motivated? Now, I know it's, a pro- it's probably a little different because you're a Pilates instructor and you had that background, but how did you get motivated when you were, like, had that chemo fatigue and you were just tired and the last thing you wanted to do was, you know, get your ass up out of bed and take a walk? Because I know I had that problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, what do you, what do you, yeah, what do you suggest? 
it's, well, it's easier for you because you're a Pilates instructor. But it, let me just, it's not. Whoa, <laughs> sister, just, I'm it's, kidding. It's hard. I mean, <laughs> I it's hard for everybody. And I think, well, when I was going through chemo, it was the simple fact that I knew if I was exercising my body, I was strengthening it to fight cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, what happened, and even with myself, too, as I got better and I started feeling better, the exercise drops off because there wasn't that sense of urgency where, you know, I'm strengthening my body to to fight cancer. It was kind of like, okay, I can take a rest and a reprieve. But what I quickly found out was that, no, I can't do that anymore. You know, if I choose to, again, feel better, mm-hmm. and if I think of it as strengthening my body every day to feel better, then that's my motivation. Uh, simply put, I want to feel better, and exercise is a way to do that. And uh, you and I did the uh, your 12-week program. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, that was such a labor of love, and as you know, I mean, it was such a, a transformational um experience just from a learning and a growth experience and one of the best things that came out of that was of course the people that were doing it and the people that I met along the way but um, well explain uh, a little bit to our listeners what exactly it was because you know you and I could talk about it but then other people who are listening might be like what what are you talking about the 12-week program, 12-step 12-step for me anyway because I was rather difficult but go ahead well, we all have our learning experience, <laughs> I can say about myself. But it was 12 weeks that, uh, well, ideally we were going to take 10, 10 women, 10 mm-hmm. survivors, and go through 12 weeks of nutrition counseling and exercise reprogramming and meeting online and just kind of joining together and having that community feeling and, and support. Again, going back to the support issue of um of us all joining together, and of course, uh, our friend too, Sarah Feather, mm-hmm. who um, was part of that, the Carcinista, and who I had met before that, but then asked her, I said, hey, we do the 12-week program with us, and she said, well, sure, you know, she's always game for that, so sure. <laughs> yes. So, going through the process, and towards the end, as it always does, it boils down to just a few people that are left, and I said, you know, you guys, I really wanted this to be, I really wanted to impact more people going through this this 12 weeks and, you know, this change, and she said, don't you know the story of the starfish? And I was like, no. And she said, the the storm comes in and brings all of these shells and starfish up onto the beach, and there's two kids that are walking along, and the one kid just starts throwing all the starfish back in and all the shells back into the ocean, and the other kid looks at him and is like, are you crazy? You cannot possibly make a difference to all of these starfish and all of these shells. And the other kid picks up the starfish and he throws it back in the ocean and goes, made a difference to that one. Exactly. So it, that, it, in putting that in perspective, I thought, okay, whether it was one person or 100 people or 1,000 people or 10,000 people, that ultimately I wanted to leave the world in a better place, make a, an impact in some way. And so that really stuck with me because... As you know, it's it's hard to advocate for um, cancer because mm-hmm. 
it's so, there's so much going around and, and people, daily activities, people that you meet along the way, and it's hard. So there becomes a certain point where I was like, you know, you guys, this is great, but I got to go back and do my, <laughs> do my thing and, right. you know, go, get back into my regular Pilates teaching career and do this and that. And, of course, people along the way just show up and keep showing up. And so it was the DVD process was really uh, an unfolding of a story that I couldn't have possibly put together the pieces any better. <laughs> um, the location, the, the conversations that I had, I, I literally fell into it one piece at a time. I had no idea how I was going to make the DVD, but people just kept on showing up. Isn't that amazing and, how that happens? Now, the, the DVD is uh, basically what we did. For the twelve weeks on a DVD format, um, it is. Um, of course, I'm sure it will all be edited down, but it's what? basically the exercise portion. So Excellent. the exercises on the foam roller, mm-hmm. which are were super important, but there's also moving meditation. So um, it's based on Tai Chi and Qigong movements. So mm-hmm. the first part of it is a um, well, it's a moving meditation. It's movement joined in with just quieting the mind and reconnecting with your body. So that's the first portion of it. So it's not, it's not typical Pilates. Okay. Like a, you know, it's not real classic Pilates. It's, um, it's a mix from all different things. I like to call it the Gemini mix because I'm a Gemini. So it's like <laughs> all of these different aspects of exercise mixed in together. Okay, that's kind of crazy because you're the third Pilates instructor that I know that's a Gemini. It must be the, I don't know. It must be the sign, right? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. But the, it was really the, the concept. Well, let, me, let me back up the Sarah story a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so halfway through the DVD, the making of the DVD is when I heard the news um, and about Sarah stopping her treatment. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, well, immediately... I wanted to dedicate the the DVD to her, excuse me, and early detection of ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the hardest uh, cancers to detect. Yes, yes. And um, I think probably one of the ones that people are in most denial about, you know, know, the signs and the symptoms. Well, and and I had a... A doctor on the show probably a year ago who said the symptoms can be the same as, you know, just a bad stomach flu or eating, you know, food poisoning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, if your food poisoning lasts for like two weeks, then you should obviously see your doctor. Yes. Yeah. yeah and in fact, um, you know, I uh, teaching Pilates, I, I come across a lot of um people obviously that mm-hmm. that come in and I can't be I always say I'm not a doctor you right. know I but that needs to be a first priority and um sometimes I try not to transpose my experience into other people's experience because you know you don't want to freak somebody out and and I don't want to you know hypothesize about what their condition might be right but I've learned to simply to say listen to your body mm-hmm. You, you know in your gut feeling, literally, is, you know, what you need to do. Right. And, um, and go see your doctor. And if 
they're not listening or if they're, you know, attributing it to something else, then, and if you know inside, then you need to get a second opinion. Exactly. It's, um, and I, I think a lot of people feel discounted sometimes. Um, and if there's any, there was a situation where um, a lady was uh, pretty overweight. I mean, by about 60 pounds, probably maybe 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. And and all of the, it, everybody shrugged it off because she was overweight, like all of the signs and symptoms of everything of being overweight. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So, you know, just, and she, and she kept, would keep on saying, I just know something's not right. And, and I kept saying, you need to go discover what that is then. And, you know. Right. Fire, fire your doctor if you don't like your doctor. Yeah, you know? and it's hard. It's not like it's an easy thing. We'd much rather be doing something else well, yes. in life. You know, if if it came down to it, are you going to go play around the golf or, you know, go interview your doctors? And most people would want to, well, go do something else other than go, <laughs> right. you know, interview doctors. But the the flip side of that is that if you think that that's inconvenient, then take may- a look at what <laughs> cancer invites into your life because that's really inconvenient. Right, or a major, any kind of major illness. I know, right. I, I laugh and I, I'm sure you do when people say, well, I don't have time to go to the doctor. It's like, well, do you have time for, you know, what if you have diabetes, you know, whatever uh, this lady you were talking about. Well, that's, you know, that's an expense and an inconvenience or cancer. I mean, that's that was a year and a half of my life that was, you know, and well, now and beyond, but I mean, the treatment was at least, mm-hmm. you know, what did the lady end up having that you're talking it's about? Bearing cancer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, um, it's, uh, it's just on one hand, I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to, again, transpose my experience to her mm-hmm. of, you know, what I did think, cause I, I, this whole thing with Sarah had just been going on. Right. So in some respects, I felt like I was being hypersensitive to what was going on with her. And on the other hand to that, you know, I really felt strongly about it. And she, she did too. So she's pretty early. I mean, I don't know all of her details right, right. now. It's pretty, um, but so again, that's another another um, experience that we can share with each other. If she kept getting blown off because she was being overweight and because she felt bloated, well, and people would say, well, yeah, you're bloated because you're overweight. But that mm-hmm. it was not the case. Um, so it, it was, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But I, I do feel like um, that that was kind of another uh, silver lining, you know, that the mm-hmm. situation with Sarah's, Sarah did come up and that we, I was able to talk about it more openly and that she could come to me and, and discuss the issues that were going on with her. So it did open the door mm-hmm. for yes. her to, you know, say, hey, this is going on with me. Otherwise, it would, that conversation would have never happened. So that in itself, I think, is a is a miracle. Exactly. You know, just opening the conversations. Yeah. So, um, so two days before, um, mm-hmm. is when uh, we were supposed to film, 
the DVD and, and Sarah passed away. And um, I had a, such a mixed bag of, of emotions going on because on one hand, I wanted to be so happy about this joyful project that you know I was doing. And yes. it was very happy. And on the other hand, somebody had just passed away and the, this family was never going to be the same. And it was kind of... I mean, I spent a good couple of days. I'm like, why am I even, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. And, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I had the dubious uh, distinction of not only telling you that she stopped treatment, but uh, also telling you that she had passed away. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> I'm grateful for that, actually. I mean. I'm glad I mean, you I, felt good because I was like, oh, man, again? Really? <laughs> <laughs> here, here comes bad news, Bearer. I know. Wah, wah, Debbie Downer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was much better, honestly, you know, than me um, finding out online or, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I found out. I just happened to, like, you know, go home and I flipped on the iPhone and, you know, I saw the message from her husband, Ed, Mr. Wonderful. And I was just like, what? And I immediately started to cry. And then, you know, I told my fiance about it and he he doesn't even know her. And he just started to cry because it was, I mean, he's like, I said, you don't even know her. He's like, yeah, but it's very sad because he knew that I had just basically recorded her story less than a week beforehand. Yeah. Which was crazy. I mean, that's like the, you know. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's really nothing to good to say and when somebody passes and there's mm-hmm. no easy way to say it and no. there's no great words that you can say that make it feel better for that person going on and going through and the families that are going through it you know so yeah. but the, the the best thing that I felt like I could do is make make it important and just the fact that this lady this person that I just met had this experience and um hopefully you know caught it in time and was able to actually do something about it, um, then, then that's one person. That's one starfish. Exactly. That's one person that we made a difference with. Awesome. So, yeah, and on the day of the filming, it was really incredible because there was, I, I went through the, um, the entire day and the, the people that were in it, which are just amazing, and that Mattern, who was the um, head of the Ovarian Cancer Alliance, mm-hmm. and um, also Lisa Schneider Cipriano, who is a breast cancer su- survivor, and she's on um, the local morning show here. But they were such troopers. I mean, they just spent the whole day. And, you know, I had to remind the producer, too, like, these are survivors. I know it looks, they look great, mm-hmm. but yes. they're survivors. And what you're <laughs> asking them to do again and again and again and again is really hard. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> we get tired, man. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to take some breaks. I mean, yeah. And especially for Annette, who who doesn't have any abdominal muscles, she literally has a oh, mesh yeah. piece mm-hmm. covering. Um, it's hard to say, okay, engage your abs to to somebody like that over and over and over again. Oh yes. And it's not even the fact that she wasn't she she wasn't physically able to she's trying, you know, so mm-hmm. they were, they were fantastic the whole day. And, um, and about, and about four o'clock when we were finishing up and actually we filmed the Tai Chi par- portion of it, uh, later on in the afternoon, this big wind and it came through and I looked, I mean, literally it was like something out of a movie. <laughs> I looked up, there's this big, 
the big cross in this in the desert, which I had never noticed before, and this big hawk on the cross. As soon as it and everybody turned and looked at it, and it literally just sent chills up and through your spine. I wow. mean, it didn't matter if if you were a Christian or Jewish or an atheist, mm-hmm. all of it, every single person. This it it was. Eerie, creepy, wonderful, beautiful, all in the same moment. Yes. <laughs> so there was definitely there, you know, some angels watching over us on that day for sure. So And Sarah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you, I could just, you know, hear her laughing throughout certain parts <laughs> and, and or her responses of certain things, you know, would just be so funny throughout the whole day. And it's really kind of what kept me going, too, was like, okay. You know, let's just do it. So, so how far along are you uh, with the post-production of the DVD? We're in final edits. Oh, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, I, I, a long time ago, said, you know, I, I'm, I would not give the project its due course if I tried to do all the edits and do all of that. So I really um, and worked, worked with the producers to do that part of it. But it's hard, too, because there's a certain amount of control that you hand over to somebody mm-hmm. and, you know, that comes back. And you just have to trust in the process that <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. And every time I look at it, I think, you know, I wish, okay, I could have been 20 pounds lighter <laughs> or, you know, I, this or that or whatever. But truthfully, uh, if I had waited until everything was perfect, it might not have ever happened. Wait, you can you can wait till something is perfect. Hold on. Well, what? you know, in your mind, you're, you're, you're sounding think. like every Hollywood person that I've ever met. For any <laughs> oh, any no. any well any production, it's like, oh, I wish I should have done this and that and that. And then you see the final. I mean, you're very judgmental on your own product because you sure. you you know you were there for the entire shoot. But once everyone else sees it, they'll be like, wow, this is amazing. You know, they're not yeah. gonna, they're not going to think, oh, Angela should have lost 20 pounds. What the hell was she thinking? You know, well, you know, maybe. Well, OK, I'll say that for you. How about that? When I when I watch it, I'll, I'll text you and be like, dude, I know. <laughs> well, I know what will happen, actually, is, you know, once that was that's honestly been one of the hardest things for me. I've never had to pay too much attention to, to weight issues and then mm-hmm. after menopause and after you know having the hysterectomy and everything after the whole cancer scenario and I'm not blaming cancer necessarily right. but um, your body changes so much mm-hmm. and I just had no uh, you turn around before you know it it's like whoa what, what <laughs> where did that come from <laughs> so I and the whole process through it when I was doing it, I thought there's all these reasons that pop up why you shouldn't, you know, do this. Oh, you know, I'm going to wait until I lose ten pounds, or and I'll, it it cost an exorbitant amount of money that I had not planned on, you mm-hmm. know, to do the whole process. And I'm like, right. where is that going to come from? But you know, it did. It just it one thing came into place, and that's how I knew that. This was bigger than myself. Right. It was not just about something that I, I, I wanted to do. There, there was no way I could say no to it. <laughs> do you know what I'm I, I know, I know what you're saying. You're, you're, you're saying, oh, well, there are all these reasons why I shouldn't. But the most important reason why you should was, you know, whatever, A, A B, C. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying. 
Yeah, and and um, so that's been the motivating factor to me, the fact that um, and in working with Annette and Lisa to, in preparation for the video, we would go over the exercises and the work that's actually in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and for, for Annette, too, we just say, ah, I just, that was three years that was going on in my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I just released all of that tension and the, the scar tissue into that area. So things like that would happen. I was like, oh, do you know how many people don't know even mm-hmm. what a foam roller is? Yes. Or, you know, how, why it's important or why breathing is such a big deal. And I know every Pilates instructor thinks that breathing is very important. <laughs> well, I personally think breathing is important, but. Well, um. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's on my top priority. Right. <laughs> Well, I know what you're saying. It goes back to knowing your body and uh, doing the movement, like you said. And it all goes back, you know, even whatever kind of exercise you're doing, whether it be, you know, the Tai Chi or the Pilates or even when I do hockey, it's like, okay, well, I know when I'm tired and when I'm breathing hard, it's time to get off the ice. You know, when you're Mm -hmm. breathing and doing the Tai Chi and the Pilates, it's all about the movement and the breath and everything. See, I kind of know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, no, it's. It, it really is, um, and especially with when you put in the aspect of when you exhale and you're really breathing out, mm-hmm. you're really pushing out all of that bottom gunk that's in your lungs that's mm-hmm. accumulated throughout all the treatments and surgeries and leftover anesthesia and stuff that really stays into your body. Mm-hmm. So when you learn to breathe in that way and really focus in on that, then then it's not just, okay. I know, I should breathe deep and all of this, you know, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, it becomes really an important reason to, you know, and even feeling where your rib cage is. Yes. So, and even do in doing that, your posture becomes different. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a much different philosophy when your eyes are looking down on the floor as opposed to when you're looking into somebody else's face. Mm-hmm. It's a much different approach to things. It's it's a more empowered stance, and it's a more empowered approach to it than, you know, eyes on the floor. And that when that sunken posture says, I feel bad. Yes. You just made me not slouch right there. So. Yay. See? <laughs> and everybody immediately like, sits up nice and tall and they say, well, yeah, my Pilates instructor does that, too. Sometimes I'll just type on Facebook. It's like, I'm slouching today. Ha, 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 Jan. And then I'll wait for her response. So, yeah. I mean, it does it does help with your posture. And like you said, Pilates or Tai Chi in your video, you you never know how, like, tight you are and how much the treatments affected you until it's all released. Yes. You know. Yeah, you, you really, you go on in a certain way and more often than not, and... and not just for breast cancer, because mm-hmm. that's an obvious one of where the surgery has impacted on certain things, but any abdominal surgery, any um, any lower body and pelvic surgery in itself. I think um, just any surgery with can- regard to cancer, just because of all the stress it puts on your body. Yes. You know? I, it, it, truly, it truly does, and we gloss over... You get back going in life and everything, and you gloss over a lot of times what's what's happened and the impact of that. You don't realize, like you said, that you're holding your shoulders in a different way, mm-hmm. or that um, 
or that your abdominal, your lower abdominals can't hold the base of your spine anymore because you can't feel where they are. If there's so much trauma into your into your abdominals, mm-hmm. you don't feel if if they're able to support you or not. So how can you carry yourself in a supported way? Then you start having back problems. Right. You know, and, and all of these other issues start, and then your hip starts to hurt. And so it's really secondary conditions. The other thing about um, people that don't realize is about the osteoporosis yes. um, factor mm-hmm. of you know, people want to exercise, but they don't know necessarily jump right back into uh, a program that they were doing before, which isn't necessarily the same one that you should be doing now because there's all these other factors. Right. So a lot, too much flexion of the spine, too much um, forward bending. For those people that don't know what flexion, too much forward bending. Does that so mean I shouldn't pick up the laundry basket? Is that what you're saying? I should tell my fiance. <laughs> Because <laughs> I have actually I have osteopenia, which is most likely uh, chemo related. Of course, they always say they don't know. So I have to, you know, I'm doing Pilates and, you know, I think I'm going to start running. So there are a lot of exercises out there that I need to do as far as weight bearing goes. Yes. And and a lot of people, when you say weight bearing, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to lift weights. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not necessarily it. Um, you can but, walk. Well, yeah. Or you can even do, um, if people, I can't do any push-ups. So that's fine. I don't want you to do any push-ups on your wrist. <laughs> I mean, that's the first places where osteoporosis and osteopenia show up are in your mm. wrist and your hips. Mm. And um, so to put too much pressure onto your wrist to do a push-up position, it's too much. Yeah. So you modify it through your elbows. Or modify it to do a wall push-up so that it's not so much pressure. Right. And it's the little things like that that really make a huge difference because we're we're fairly young. I mean, yes. we're going to have a lot longer life of having to deal with osteopenia. If you're having to deal with osteopenia before you're 40, mm-hmm. then that means by the time you're 50, 60 years old, you, you pretty much have to have that under control for it to not develop into osteoporosis. Right. I know. So, I, was, I was sadly, mis, uh, when I found out, I was just like, really? Come on. Because, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you don't obviously notice. You know, you might have back pain, you might have whatever, but you don't know what it's from. No, I'm, right. I'm just getting old. You know? Well, and you wouldn't <laughs> possibly think that it could be from your bones that are aching. No. But until you start thinking, well... You know, too, if I'm flexing in your in your neck, too much flexion in your neck, uh, that's a lot of pressure onto some. And then they have that old lady hump, mm-hmm. right? yep. that little hump right there. So, really, that's the first thing that people should address in that way in, in your posture is learning to open up your chest a little bit more and you know strengthen through your back. So. And again, it's not something that you go, you people run out and go, oh, I, you know, I want to do this, this, and this. But when you think about the alternative, we, again, back to what motivates you. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't want to end up with a broken hip, uh, you no. know, broken. You know, that's that's inconvenient. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. So. It was. It's a lot of. It's a process. I'll tell you. I mean, and it goes from. But I, one lady I know 
that was in a wheelchair, and she used to do Tai Chi mm-hmm. with me. And I thought, you know, if she's doing this in a wheelchair, yeah, you know, anybody can do the movement. Now, obviously, she couldn't stand up and do a lot of the moving right. um, from side to side and things like that. But in her mind, she would say, I, in my mind, I'm doing the movement, and she would activate her legs awesome. side to side. That, to me, was really inspiring and cool, you know. So I, I think of that, and I think, well, there, there's really no excuse. <laughs> there isn't. So yeah. now your, your DVD, when will that be available? June 23rd is the um, is the release date that we're we're shooting for, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a pre-release and kind of a um, pre-sale party Sweet. where I'm going to offer the the DVD at the very lowest cost because I really just I want to get the word out. I want people to have it in their hands, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be available through workshops and things like that. But it'll be online. It'll be um, hopefully we're going to get some doctors on board and spread the word that way um, into different workshops. And what's it, What's a DVD called? The Inner Tough Girl's Guide to Life After Cancer, and it's the, the movement heals portion because Sweet. there's yeah, lots of different aspects of it, but it's, movement really does heal in a lot of ways, not, mm-hmm. just, um, not just your physical shell, but feeling stronger. And I agree. When I when I did the uh, Pink Ribbon program, which is uh, the Pilates program for uh, breast cancer survivors, um, it really helped with my self-esteem. And I didn't realize, you know, as listeners know, I struggle with depression. I didn't realize how I was feeling, mm-hmm. you know, until like you just kind of like you said, like you open up and you get everything moving and that stress just gets released. I mean, granted, I was stronger than most of the people that were in the class because I had been working out. But, you know, it it was, um, I would have to say, a life changer for sure. It, once you learn how, I, I'm so grateful that those programs are in place, mm-hmm. um, first of all, you know, and and I hope, my hope that is, is that we have a, a Pilates for, well, and this is part of it, is for, you know, all cancers. Right. Um, but it, once you learn the way to move, through life or to do certain aspects, um, you never forget that information. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you can go on throughout your whole existence. And, and once you learn the power of breathing and the power of being able to lift your arm above your head without your shoulder into your, your ear or um, learning to move with purpose and intention you don't forget those things, and it does change not only your physical presence, but how you interact with people, how right. you move through your daily life. So I'm really glad that you got the chance to have that experience with Pilates for Pink, and I yes. hope that pe- more people take advantage of that. Right, and that's uh, called the Pink Ribbon Program. If it's in your area, you should check it out. So um, where can people get a hold of you and your DVD when it's available? Well, if, and we're online, of course, the org, and um, we'll be posting a uh, particular page and all the things that it includes in the DVD, and we're going to have a booklet that goes out with it, too. So a lot of it will be online. Um, you don't have to actually have to have this, the DVD itself. We'll have it available online. But mm-hmm. um, And, of course, we're on Facebook, uh, the Tough Girl's Guide to Life After Cancer. Yes. And our 
group page there. Awesome. Well, thanks for, again for uh, joining me today, Angela. I'm glad we finally uh, got together on some good news here. Oh, I know. <laughs> me too. It's my pleasure. It's always so much fun to talk with you, Mel. So yes. I'm so glad that things are going uh, uh, well for you. And thanks for including me and um, letting me share with your listeners. Awesome. Well, hang on a second, Angela. I'm going to wrap up like I usually do. This is The Cancer Warrior. You can always find me on Facebook because I am a Facebook junkie, Mel Majoros. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, The Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com. Check out my new website, TheCancerWarrior.net. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's The Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com.